Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Calmly and Jessa. And I'm on few Lord. And welcome to Cult of Kiwi Smashes, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. <laughs> We're playing with anagrams today. Is is this how you see the world, Jess? This is how I see the world. Um, I like the way I think, you know? I, yeah, I can't say the same. <laughs> I think differently than most people. <laughs> you certainly do. I mean, look at how the letters are all scrambled up and they're different now. Yeah, and they make new words out of them. Aren't I quirky? You are the quirkiest, in fact. Yeah, um, if I was any quirkier, I'd be a Diablo Cody script. But instead, we're going to have to deal with Dinsey, David Lindsay a bear. Uh, yeah, so we are recording this episode hot off of the Tonys, and this was always kind of the plan to cover this, but now it's much more prescient. This week, in case you haven't picked up what we're throwing down, we are talking about the Tony winner for Best Musical, Kimberly Akimbo. Cue the music. Kimbo was written by David Lindsay Abair with music and lyrics by Janine Tesori and David Lindsay Abair, reuniting for the first time since Shrek the Musical. It was based on David Lindsay Abair's play, Kimberly Akimbo, from 2001. The musical's premiere production opened off-Broadway on December 8, 2021 at the Linda Gross Theater in Manhattan. It was critically acclaimed with performances of Victoria Clark, Justin Cooley, and Bonnie Mulligan, um, and the book and lyrics being very highly praised. Uh, it won Best Musical Prizes at the Drama Desk Awards, Lucille Lortel, and Outer Critics Circle Awards, and that's just the off-Broadway production. The show moved to Broadway, opening at the Booth Theater on November 12, 2022, uh, with previews beginning on October 12th. The Broadway production also received critical acclaim, winning five Tony Awards, including Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score, Best Leading Actress in a Musical, and Best Featured Actress in a Musical. So, Victoria Clark and Bonnie Mulligan. 
Um, the plot of Kimberly Kimbo is Kim is a bright and funny Jersey teen who happens to look like a 72-year-old lady. And yet her aging condition may be the least of her problems. Forced to maneuver family secrets, borderline personalities, and possible felony charges, Kim is determined to find happiness in a world where not even time is on her side, based on the play of the same name. So, we just dropped you right into Kimberly Kimbo, Andrew. Um, you were in New York recently, as was I, and we saw like this show everywhere. Like It's all over the place. Before seeing it, yeah. what did you think the show was? I, I'll be honest, I had basically no idea. The marketing for it is kind of, it's just like a picture of a shirt with a rainbow on it that says Kimberly Akimbo. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't know what to take from that. I was, I honestly assumed she was like gay. You thought it was just something. fun home again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that that would have been bad. Uh, just, that's what I thought. It's not even close to the case. <laughs> I was completely wrong. This show's um, weird. Yeah. Uh, it might be one of the more weird Broadway shows in a while. I'm kind of okay with it. Mm -hmm. I, I sort of liked it, honestly. Just sort of? That's a very, like... I'm, I mean, I just, I just watched it last night, so I'm still, like, thinking about it. There's a lot in the show, and there's a lot to think about that the show gives you a little bit. I, I think that it was mostly pretty good, though. There's some, like, quirkiness that I'm not a huge fan of, although less from the main characters and more from that uh, kid that she becomes friends with, who I found to be a bit unbearable in, okay. in certain ways. <clears throat> what do you feel about that kid was specifically unbearable, just like his... Because I think his name's Seth. Um... Just the, the, the mannerisms, I think, is just a little bit... It's, too, it's, it's overly quirky in, in a way that is, is, um, can be unbearable. Although that might be just accurate to how some teenagers behave. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them pretend to be their favorite anime characters and then go out into public. So, ooh, ooh, <laughs> um, they, they could have embraced that side of it. This does feel, I was both surprised and not particularly surprised to know that the original play was written in the early 2000s and the early aughts because this feels like teenagers as th seen through the eyes of 2001 there's no references to anything like that but if you imagine that this show takes place in 2001 it makes a lot of sense did you see <laughs> one cell phone really no and there's, I feel like there's a lot more like gay panic type thing than yeah. you would see in 2023 in a in a high school. Although I haven't been in a high school in 2023, so we'll, we, who knows on that one? I feel like it's changed a lot since we were there. Um, we're no longer the spring chickens we once were. Um, they're probably a lot more accepting, a lot more. I don't know. I feel like they sanitize high school so much that it feels like not even a school. But then they have like the hard hitting adult stuff. Yeah, well, school in 2001 was nightmarish hellscape type thing. You know, like mm -hmm. every, every form of bullying you could imagine at all times. And now it's um, just all on the internet. Uh. Yeah. I, now I'm the one doing it to all these little kids. <laughs> um, they have to tolerate me. <laughs> He's coming for you, Ben Platt. Noted 16-year-old. It is interesting that this is, you know, kind of an adaptation of the Dear Evan Hansen movie. It really, in that 
You know, if they had just leaned into that for the Evan Hansen movie. In that there's a teenager who looks like a 72-year-old. <laughs> just hanging out. Like, there's no issue. I was wondering what your thought is. Is this like... This is a real disorder that people have. It's not offensive to them in any way, right? Why would it be? I don't know. Every time we see something like this, I'm like, is it? Probably not, right? I I, I really don't know. They say it's similar to progeria, which is this very specific disease that they... Similar, not the same. Yeah. This one's like a... It's like a fantasy version of it. Yeah. Benjamin Button fantasy... uh, realistic fiction kind of vibe yeah um what is the plot of kimberly akimbo because even the plot i read which is officially like the playbill thing i I feel like it kind of doesn't sum it up like it just kind of skirts around everything just barely um when i so before watching the show i listened to the cast album because i i'm old now i don't think i like musicals don't hit the same way for me anymore as they did when we first started the show. It's hard for me to get passionate about these new new shows uh, sincerely, which is maybe just me getting old and cynical and everything being shit now. But I really wanted to see like everyone saying this is great. I'm gonna listen to the cast album and see if I can get into it, and I couldn't. But I was surprised by some of the things going on there. Um, and then I eventually did watch the bootleg, and I thought. It's better to see it live, obviously, and see what's going on. I feel like this is a rare show where I actually kind of like the book more than the music. That is um, a rare one, yeah. I feel like the music isn't bad. It's just kind of... Um, it's not additive to it. Like, you could have this entire story without the songs. Yeah, which they did. <laughs> yeah, it was called the original play. Not that not that the songs take away no. from the, anything. It's just... Um, it's it's not as much of a, which it's honestly a good thing. We don't talk about shows where it's like, oh, the book was really good. <laughs> Is there another one where you can really think of like, oh, that was a really good book? Maybe Hades. Not, no, not off really. the top of my head. I love the Hades Town music, so I can't possibly yeah. say that. <laughs> This is Janine Tesori, one of the most prolific Broadway composers. The and she did not do a bad job. Don't no. take this as me saying the music is bad. It's not. I just think I liked the book more than I liked the music. Yeah, which is but I interesting. I'm only setting this up because we are going to have to do a tier list at the end of this episode. We finally covered enough of her work where we can rank it. Oh, and I'm I gonna just... have to. You're going to have to tell me what I'm ranking. Oh, you will. <laughs> you'll you'll remember most of them. I I know you will. <laughs> There's not forgetting much of this, Uh, but it seems the biggest thing that tracks along every one of her pieces of musical theater, it's sad dads and weird parental bullshit. Like, all of them. It's in there. Even Shrek the Musical, it's in there. We should go over the plot. Yes, Um, what is Kimberly Akimbo about? Okay, well, I mean, obviously we've been talking about it. Kimberly Akimbo is not her name. It, actually, it's Kimberly. Um, good lord, I can't Lovato remember what her last name is. Like that? Yeah, like Leoto or something. Lavaco. Lavaco. That's okay. Uh, cleverly Akimbo is a nickname that is given to her later because of um, anagrams. Anagrams. I'm probably still going to call her Kimberly Akimbo through this entire thing. Because no, that's the title of the show. <laughs> well, she's about to turn 16 at the start of the show, mm-hmm. and she has a genetic disorder that makes her age four times faster mm-hmm. uh, in certain ways which um puts her life expectancy at around 16 years old around 16 and of course she is about to turn 16 so mm-hmm. kind of sad 
Uh, but it gets even sadder because her mother and father are pregnant with what is supposed to be the replacement child. There's just a lot of other, like, so the dad is, like, very much leaning into alcohol to, I, I think it's, they never explicitly say any of this, but my thought is he is trying to numb himself for when she dies, you know, is turning to that. But it could also be the other reveal in the second half that he's reacting to. Yeah, it could be both. It might. It probably is both. The mother, who is pregnant, she she's kind of um. What they what do they call that? The people that are are like um. They fake illnesses and things to get Munchausen attention. Munchausen by yeah, not by proxy. Just not by Munchausen. proxy. Munchausen's disorder. Yeah, because it seems like she has she is using the fact that she has been like in the hospitals and stuff to try to get attention away mm. from Kimberly, who is you know probably about to die right. uh, pretty soon. Um, and she's <laughs> like, I have it worse. I have it worse. I have all these things that are wrong. And it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of kids at school, but they are unrelated to the story in a lot of ways. Like, do we even need to talk about, like, there's like the four kids that they keep introducing. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's, that's probably my biggest fault in it is we don't really need the ensemble. Like, yeah, and I know people love Bonnie Milligan. I love Bonnie Milligan. Do we really need the Aunt Deborah character? Well, kind of, but like, not really. Mm-hmm. So, like, plot wise, you don't need her, but she introduces elements. Yeah. Aunt Deborah is, um, who's the guy from Randy Quaid from Christmas Vacation? <laughs> Cousin Randy. She, yeah, she's Cousin Randy. Uh, <laughs> she shows up. Uh, randomly in Kimberly's like school library, they just moved uh, to get away from her. Um, like Kimberly's family moved away to get away from the aunt. At least that's what they kind of say or imply. Mm-hmm. I think there's a reveal that changes the context of that. But she follows them and is like living in the school library, which I don't know how that's for jokey fucked. jokes. Her entire character, you could basically say, for jokey jokes. You need to have some comedy relief. And I understand it. I understand why you'd want to have some comedy relief. And I'm, I'm, I'm partially okay with this character. Andrew loves King Herod. <laughs> I love scams. And she introduces the scam plot. Yes. Which definitely hurts a lot of people. They steal so many checks. <laughs> and... <laughs> And the main characters just go along with it and um, kids. and get away with it, and it's excellent. But there's there's all that. Do you want to do the big reveal? What what's the big reveal in Act Two? The big reveal in Act Two, which honestly, I don't know. I I have difficulty with this reveal because it doesn't really change anything emotionally. Like I think a twist or a reveal should really change the context of what happened before. And this doesn't really do that much, sincerely. Um, Only, like, a little bit. It changes the context of, like, why they moved. Why did these characters move? It doesn't impact their relationships with one another. It doesn't explain the way that they treat one another, really. It sort of maybe contextualizes a little bit why the mother is, like, hostile to the others. I don't know. Not much. But basically, we find out Oh god, this is so stupid. I'm sorry, this is like a little too ridiculous for me. So they had to move because the mom 
wanted another baby, so she fucks the neighbor and gets pregnant, and then the dad hires the aunt to go intimidate the neighbor, but accidentally kills him, so now they're on the run. Yeah. A little, little goofy, right? It's a little bit crazy, and it, it totally is a little bit weird for what the rest of the show's doing. Yeah. I don't know. The show has this weird mix of, like, depressing, grounded plot points. Mm-hmm mixed with like whimsical quirky magical realism magic yeah it's like and they're blended and i appreciate what they're trying to do but i feel like there could have been like maybe one more rewrite here before fully broadway i feel like they got really hyped by the positive um praise they were getting and I, I i think it deserves it i don't even think the praise is undeserving like let's just say that but they yeah there's just like there's a couple of things that i would have wanted to to make it perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> i did have a thought midway through act two and i don't know if you'll disagree with me but I, it came into my head i'm like this shouldn't be on stage <laughs> this feels like a movie <laughs> like it feels like it should be a movie i feel like with a movie the um the mix of grounded like realism and magic realism could work better. Yes. They could have an easier, they would have an easier time uh, going between those two things. Yeah. And you'd still have all the good things like specifically Victoria Clark's performance as Kimberly is very, very good. I see why people are like, no, this is next level kind of performance here. Um, it does change the game. Bonnie Milligan, I love her in a lot of things. She's very funny. I really think that the the family dynamic is what carries the show like mm-hmm. super hard. And by family, I'm excluding the aunt. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Buddy, Patty, and Kimberly, and a little bit of Seth. I feel like when yeah. Seth as a narrative tool throwing a wrench in Buddy's com- complex feelings of, I'm glad she has a friend, but also men around women in my family make me uncomfortable for reasons I haven't unpacked yet. And yeah, she looks like she's a 75 year old woman with like feelings and opinions, but also she's my 16 year old daughter. Like it is a complicated thing. And I like yes. that moment a lot, actually. Um, and there's some very strong moments, but they're they're sort of undercut by the aunt scenes and the uh the scenes of the kids that are just sort of unrelated to everything like unrelated to the point where kimberly barely interacts with them yeah i don't think i could name you any of their names or or personality quirks really i'm not even sure all of them had names (laughs) (laughs) the thing is everyone else is so quirky and specific kimberly and seth and the parents that delia and martin and Aaron and Teresa, there's nothing left for them. There's nothing that you could do to make them really stand out. You know, I don't want to dwell fully on the downsides, though. No, no, no. The stuff uh, with the with Kimberly and her family, especially um, she's near the end when she decides she's going to go on the road trip. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the whole time where everyone road trip is is dead. You know, bye. I'm going to heaven now. <laughs> right. It's. <laughs> It means death. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that whole thing is just like, God damn, this is why this is why you got Tony. <laughs> yeah. And the, the she so on her sixteenth birthday, she learns all the horrible things that happened on her family's past, why they moved um from a different place. 
Then she has a medical emergency, has to be in the hospital for a few days, and comes home and finds her room cleared out with baby shit. They had yeah. no intention of her ever coming home. And that's such a fucked up thing. Like that moment is just like so I wouldn't know how to feel. That's such a strange, like gross feeling in the pit of your stomach. Yeah. Like they they won't they won't say it, but they all just were like, She's definitely gonna die in the hospital. Like that's yeah. it. <laughs> <clears throat> I sincerely prefer this way of specifically Broadway handling topics. <laughs> Like, let's just call it terminal illness in this fantastical, magical realism way, because moments like that will hit harder and surprise you and still let you sing and dance and be emotional about that in a way that, let's say, next to normal or Dear Van Hansen just fumbles the ball. So really, like the ending, they they just kind of fucking nail it, you know? So mm. <laughs> And the fact that it ends... Surprises no roller coaster jokes in the fucking reviews. Um, with them going to Six Flags Great Adventure and the final number being called Great Adventure. I thought you'd get a real big kick out of that, Mr. <laughs> fucking Roller Coasters. Great Adventure is the one in New Jersey, right? Right. Yeah. I've never been. What? I, I don't want to go. That's like she right- would die on a roller coaster though, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> so I know she's any 16, grandmother. but but she's not sixteen. Yeah. Not in that way. Uh, maybe she could do like the the the, the teacups. Why would she want a treehouse? <laughs> Not to harp on that one, but she sends Make a Wish. No, or... the the treehouse is for the baby. Oh, she's not going to use the treehouse. <laughs> but they don't even have a tree. Yeah, well, that's I don't know about that part. That that one was weird. <laughs> it just felt like a a misplaced joke. And as someone that almost felt like the dad was trying to be like, why didn't you just ask for money or something like that? (laughs) Which, (laughs) you know, I get it. I get it. Um, On that note, how about we compare our opinions to those of the theater critics around town? It's time for previews. It's time for previews. It's time for previews. Our first review comes from the New York Times. Jesse Green himself written November 10th, 2022. He says, being a former good kid and like Seth, an aficionado with the puzzlistic arts, I began to see the character in the form of an anagramic terms, possibly this one, sublime cast equals best musical, as the past and present interpret interpretate in Clark's performance. You may feel, as I did, the themes of Kimberly Kimbo recombining to achieve an even sharper focus. So we're recording this a few days after the Tonys. Um, and they actually did that anagram the first night after the Tony Awards where they went from sublime cast to best musical and the audience lost their shit. But, uh, yeah, the cast did a great job. I I, I want to, to talk about the aunt character and how I didn't love that, but I feel like the performance was exactly what they wanted and exactly yeah. what they were going for. So it's not the actress' fault. It's, it's, it's the- just, I, I don't know how I feel about that character being in this show. <laughs> It feels like you throw a character from, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation into a fucking rabbit hole. Um, The next review comes from Deadline. It was written by Greg Evans. Um, Opening tonight at the Booth Theater with its original off-Broadway cast intact, the miraculous Victoria Clark leading the very fine ensemble, Kimberly Kimbo remains a stunner. A sly, quirky, eccentric work of stage art transformed into a crowd-pleaser by playwright David Lindsay Bear's captivating book and lyrics. Janine Tesori's delightful music that, like Kimberly Kimbo itself, 
works its way into your heart with a jauntiness that hi- that both hides and ultimately amplifies its serious emotion. I don't know. I feel like the music distracts more than anything else. The the ending song and, and the mother's song, um, Father Time or something yeah. like that, those were very, very good. Um, and I think they did actually heighten those moments a lot. But then you got moments like Good Kid, where I'm just like, I could feel myself like falling asleep. Do we need this? I mean, it's like, I don't know. So it, it's sort of hit or miss on the on the music front. Not mm-hmm. not hit or miss in that there's bad songs. It's more like, do we need these songs to tell this story? There are some <laughs> story songs that really, I think, work. Like, um, I Should Be Happy For Her, um, which is Buddy's song when he's driving Kimberly and Seth around. That's like a perfect story song. Um, yes. As well as, before I go, which is the eleven o'clock number, incredible. Um, but aside from those pieces, they're just cute. Sincerely, do we? I think we basically agree with uh, the critics here um, because the musical is good. It's hard to be like negative, negative against this show, but I just kind of I can see something better through the trees, you know. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where we're going to get people saying, they didn't like this show, what the I fuck? I can't believe they tore apart Kimberly Akimbo, and we're like, eh. But like, we're, we're more just like, damn, this was really good, but it could have been better. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's So when Fun Home came out, I remember one critic said, while this is a very good musical, I'm not sure it was destined to be a musical, and that it's the best way to transform this book. That's kind of how I feel about this. I'm like, it's a good musical, but I'm not sure a musical was the best form for the story. Maybe, I mean, it won the Tony. Maybe we can get, like, a movie adaptation, and then that actually might be the best version of it. <clears throat> Honestly, if you're going to do the Dear Evan Hansen thing, bring Victoria Clark back, she can't age out of the role. Um, It's true. They literally just have her in old makeup. <laughs> Worst w- case scenario, she just gets <laughs> old. <laughs> oh, my God. They just be like, it makes you age five times faster. <laughs> wink um but no i thoroughly enjoyed it especially compared to a lot of the other new musicals out right now which do you want to actually talk about some of them yeah we could talk about your amazing tony predictions we have and juliet which i hear is very good but it is a jukebox musical about romeo and juliet like it knows what it is it knows it's for an audience and from what i gather it's like very emotional it's very good um but I, I've heard very good things. The soundtrack is good. I mean, I've listened to some mm-hmm. of it uh, just from like edits I've been doing. Um, yeah, I've listened to a lot of the soundtrack. And I mean, they're they're pop songs, but they're done in different ways and they're done well. And that's kind of the good thing about the original Moulin Rouge film is their pop songs done in a different way. Then we have New York, New York. Do you know anything about this? Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda? <laughs> yes. So Candor and <laughs> Ebb um, were the guys behind Cabaret and Chicago and all those classic things. Um, they also wrote a lot of pop songs like New York, New York for Frank Sinatra. So they're taking all those songs and a couple of new ones because uh, Fred Ebb has died. Lynn manuel Miranda took over the lyrics and apparently it's not good. Oh, that's a shame. Those, I mean, those are good songs, but I mean... Jeez, are those musical songs, though? They are just kind of pop songs. Like, Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad jukebox musical, as far as people are concerned. But again, we now have two jukebox musicals here, which Kimberly Akimbo, thankfully, is not. Uh, no. So. 
Well, let's talk about Shuck, which was the one I was thinking might I've take it. I've heard good things. Year. I've heard really good things, so we we'll have to watch that. My favorite thing about Shuck is it feels like one of the things we'd come up with on Make Me a Musical. I think I've brought that up to you before. It's like, like, oh no, we're running out of corn. Gotta go to the big city to figure out where to have to all our corn. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. That that is literally. I think we've written almost exactly that on Make Me a Musical before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally into it. Um, a lot of the Tony winners, um, Alex Newell came from that, so that's pretty cool. And then Some Like It Hot, which is a stage adaptation of a film, a Marilyn Monroe film. Little transphobic, but it has Mark Shaman and Scott Women coming back. Um, not really my thing. I've heard it's good, but mm, man, man dressed as women, uh, the joke kind of died with Tootsie. Sorry, guys. Yeah, but I mean, I hear it's a hoot, so. It's a hoot. Uh, <laughs> but as far as the competition, you know what? Fair. Kimberly Kimbo deserved it that year, this year. I feel like there's a lot of years where this would this would win because, I mean, there's a lot of years like this year, so. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the Strange Loop year where it was strangely packed. Yeah, like, there's there's a lot of years where everything that comes out is probably a jukebox musical or or trash, so. <laughs> I it's am, good to see a show like this, you know. That I is was seriously good. surprised that uh, Parade took Best Revival and Best Direction of a revival over Sweeney Todd. Um, well, you just straight up said you did not like the direction of Parade. Is that right? No, I didn't mind. There was elements I didn't like the direction elements. of Parade. Um, I, I think Sweeney Todd got a little bit robbed. Sweeney Todd was pretty good. <laughs> Honestly, I think my my direction would have probably gone to Into the Woods. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed uh, yeah, watching that revival, <laughs> but it's not showy at all. Um, Michael Arden, good director, made some choice made choices. There is all I'll say. Um, let's go into a mid show, and then we'll talk about some of these tunes. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a shill at you. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donation by our donors over at Patreon. Patreon is this place where you get some cool shit. We had a Patreon meetup with a bunch of our friends. Andrew was there, we showed up. Um, and then we also get to have some commentaries. Maybe maybe for our 250th, me and Andrew will do a commentary on something very special um, related to our 250th episode. That would be pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of cool things coming up there, and it's going to be a lot more consistent because I'm not going to be killing myself making a film every week. Um, now that's over. I'm free. I'm free. Um, but our current donors are Melissa Goldman, Danielle Rennick, Justice Stampedio, and Cassidy, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Nathaniel, Stacey Coom, Joseph Evans Green, Mary Lou Choquette, John Vanals, Russ Walker, Musical Hell, Emily Gracie, Kyle Summers, Jen AC, Scoot in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Liz Lim, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Taxes, Thesbian, Jessica T, Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Katie McDonough, Chris Marcote, Kiji Marie Anastasio, Layla, RJ Nereja, Bjorn Hermans, Toriana Frazier, Sammy, The Adequate Amount, Lopez. Or no! Sammy, The Adequate Amount, Jacobson! Did they get married? Divorce. <laughs> Stop laughing. This is not funny. Brianna Morton, Kaylee Blazier, Cinemageddon Reviews, Villainous Miss, Sofiana Ali, The Omega Geek, Paige Pearson, Maddie Wargle, Elisa Erdman, Annalos Katova, Sarah Dan Blackier, <laughs> Evan Ball, Zachary Torres, Rora Morasso, Mara Forloin, Captain Rodtastic, Lisa L, Nobody, Rick Roten, uh, Puffy Boy, Summer, Julia Hardy, Jay Kusia, and Caitlin Bridgman. They give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals of Cheese. Literally, because the power might go out any second for me. <laughs> uh, if you'd like the to join, thunder looms. It does. It's like <laughs> Thor is coming down. If you would like to join them in supporting us and helping us do this, um, sincerely, come join them over at Patreon. It really is financially keeping us afloat uh, more than we probably let on. Um, thank you guys, and let's get back to the show. <laughs> Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you think of the opening number, Skater Planet, at the skating rink? It's Saturday night in Buckcrack Township on a road without a sign. In a town where there's not much in. 40 minutes east of hope. 40 miles from the touch-in. I'm with the one I love. It's Saturday night and I'm the new girl, so I get to start from scratch. Next to Lodi, this is dreamy. But tomorrow they might see me I'm always getting looks They never really see me In New Jersey In New Jersey, in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Nothing, Nothing is right I'm gonna be real, I think the opening kind of stinks I, I don't like the skating rink as a connective tissue, sincerely Like well, you know what does I mean? it even connect? Like they Kimberly keep coming never goes back, back there. <laughs> the mom, yeah, they do. Do they? 
Yeah, because the mom gets on the skates and breaks like another piece. Oh, of... right, right, right. That's the only reason why I remembered is because I was like, oh no, the pregnant lady's on the skates. Kimberly never goes back with those kids, though. No. The, the kids keep talking about how they're going to go back, and she never does. Yeah. Um, but the mom does. It's kind of cool that they're roller skating on stage. That, And I think specific, specific details. Just thinks it's really cool when shows have roller skating on stage. No, because they're not <laughs> roller skating. They're bla- like It's like proper ice skating blades on a stage. And I think that's pretty cool. And I watched a little bit of how they had to be very careful about it and how they have to make sure that the stage is super duper clean. Like, I, I think that's pretty impressive. Um, it, visually, it's really cool. Like when the snow starts coming down like that. I don't I couldn't tell if it was like physical projections or a good mix of both. But I but the physical like thing where they have to actually like skate on roller skate. What is it? What is the thing? The ice one skates, not roller, though. Yeah. Ice skates. Ice skates. Like stage <laughs> ice skates. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that um like story-wise the plot the part where she's like waiting in the cold and her dad shows up super late and is yeah. drunk like all oh, that is great. Um but the actual initial opening song is just kind of like why? It's like uh-uh. <laughs> it feels very popular like uh-uh 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 uh-uh. Yeah, it's just and I honestly feel like the better first song would have been the the song the mom does where it's like yeah. explaining what her character is but that's not really good but as we don't opener. set up that they're in new jersey 50 times that way andrew it's true which being in new jersey is very important because uh jersey six sucks. flags great adventure oh, okay <laughs> um there's no other six flags that's the only one yeah there's the one with the batman ride and nothing else um let's move yeah. on um one of my favorite like little storytelling pieces is the mom's song and it is what we end on the hello darling like where she's doing video messages to her unborn belly or unborn baby hello darling it's me your mother you're in my belly right now and sometimes you kick me isn't that precious isn't that precious hey guess what i have no hands just kidding I have hands, but I just can't use them. Not yet, at least. But just as soon as the stitches heal. I had carpal tunnel, both hands. All those years in load, I took their toll. Sixteen years, I worked in the sunshine cupcake factory, pumping cream into those ding-dong knockoffs. Sixteen years of squeezing, squeezing, squeezing that got I really enjoyed that as a way to tell stories, and I feel like they kind of stole it a little bit from Waitress, the dear baby kind of thing, but I'm, I'm not complaining. This this predates Waitress because, you know, 2001 play. Yeah, I um, think that the uh, the way it characterizes the mother is, like, uh, <laughs> hostile to her own family in a way and, like, very um, needy for attention. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's very... <laughs> I think it's pointed a little bit that the mother almost seems jealous of their daughter who looks like her mother like looks like old enough to be your mother there's a weird kind of emotional disconnect going on there with me where it's like seeing them someone that old enough to be this actress's mother yell at her about you just don't understand me mom (laughs) (laughs) it's very very surreal to me 
Uh, and I think what's interesting with this one is uh, every character, every, every main character gets this song yeah. um, at some point in the show, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, it's a good way to, a good through line. It's a good excuse for them to say their emotions to nothing. I, you know, and you can say that it's lazy or whatever, but it's a good thing to have in a show, you know? A hundred percent. There's a reason why phone calls are, or voicemails are a very useful narrative device in a lot of things. Thank God that FaceTime is developing FaceTime voicemail. It's going to help filmmaking a lot. <laughs> I guess we have to move on to Anagram, which is the, the, the strangely the marketing push of this show. Everyone's singing this. It's what they sang at the Tony. It's the first clip they released, first song they released. Yeah. I like your point of view. Yeah. Yick, yicky, Mickey, Ricky, Icky. I like the way you make a point. I like your frame of mind. A little quick, a little sharp, a little beat behind. I like the way you crack a joke that no one else will get. A little dry, a little droll, a little dumb, and yet Okra, Cobra, Marble, Barley I like your point of view Bravo, Cello, Limo, Rio, Macro, Micro, Mayo, Bakery Oh, with the turn of a letter What are your thoughts on this song? This is like Kimberly's uh, love song with Seth. Love discovery, romantic discovery. Yeah, it's it's sad in a in a number of ways <laughs> because you know she's gonna die like really soon. So it's like, damn, that sucks. But also like, um, it's good. <laughs> it is, but it. I am discovering something about David Lindsay Bear's lyric writing, both in this and in Shrek the Musical, which are the two big ones I know him from. He relies a lot on noises as opposed to words. A repeated noise. Um, so, like, Kim's oh, oh, like, consistently through it. And the same, like, uh, for the opening number, uh-oh, uh-oh. And for Shrek the Musical, mm-hmm. like he will just find one noise and repeat it a lot and make that throughout it. Part of the rhyming scheme. Yeah, and kind of use that as it's a structure. easy to rhyme something with O because O is not a word. You can just end a, end a different word with O and then that yeah. rhymes. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just a thing. Like not everything that I point out is like, oh, it's a bad thing. It's just a thing that I am discovering. Um, I think it's actually interesting, and I think a lot of um, a lot of lyricists are sometimes afraid to just have characters make a noise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think that that's actually a, a totally fine and valid. I like, um, it's like uh, those old songs where people would go, shoo-wop, 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 da <laughs> and it's like, that's not a word. <laughs> I feel like most people are trying to be really clever about it. Um, I think it's a quote from Anais Mitchell um, that I think was pointed towards Sondheim when she made it. Anais Mitchell, who wrote Hades Town, which is um, the focus on perfect rhymes and con- consistency is is in direct relationship to how uncomplex the male orgasm is. <laughs> which I'm like, okay, that's a take. I see where, for some reason, that makes sense to me. Someone to talk to. 
Someone to study with Someone to share a joke Someone to buddy with <laughs> Buddy with I should be happy for her Happy, happy, happy for her I should be happy And a gentleman can be rearranged to spell Elegant man I like happy for her a lot. Um, it reminds me a lot of Janine Tesori's other bad, sad dad musicals. Like, <laughs> And they all take place in cars. You've got Violet, you've got a Fun Home, you've got this. Or it's just like, dad and me in a car. And it's a little weird. You know, sad dads are, are great, but um, mad this, is more of a, this is more of a bad sad dad, which bad, is mad, not as dad. great. I like normal sad dads where they're not bad sad dads, you know? Like, I like, I like sad dads that are sad, but they're good dads. This but, is why we'll never get quoted in, like, every, any real publication ever, because that's all that they can write. They will have to take that as your full quote, and it's just gibberish at the bottom of the poster. I like a sad dad, but I don't like a bad sad dad. But this is more of a mad, bad sad dad, and I just kind of like a sad dad. <laughs> Well, you can't put you can put that on a poster. I don't understand. <laughs> Someone photoshopped that to the bottom of the the, the Kimberly Kimbo poster. Would anyone ever quote us on a poster, anyways? I would be upset if someone did that. I'd be like, "Really? You're using us? <laughs> we have been used in academic paperwork as references." Just so By you our know, fans or I mean, who the fuck else? Who else is listening to us? Do mm, I mean that's funny, but are we academic? I don't know. We've we we we've been called it before. We, I mean, I I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but we do actually zero research. Like literally, that's not true. That not. is that is not entirely true. I do a not lot of research. Entirely true. I do no research. Jess does a little research and calls <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> I, I I undersell how much research I do. I feel like a lot of, especially the early days, was just me having that info now you have to actually sort of look stuff up so yeah, you can keep I, the I title gotta... of the guy that knows yeah. <laughs> it's getting harder every year man <laughs> these new fucking fangled broadway composers think thinking they are cool yeah, okay so fun not so fun fact but um when jason robert brown went up to the mic for because jason robert brown has never been able to give a speech at the tony's on air um, for when he won best musical or best orchestrations or whatever he won, he's always been left off air. And this time, Parade won best revival. So he was like, finally, it's my time. He gets up to the mic, gets two words out, they cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, he got out, Mary Fagan, and just cut off music playing. Oh my playing. god. Wow. That's like rude. I almost wish we had done a live stream that night so we could have seen that moment. <laughs> And okay. the, Tony, the Tonys were weird. They weren't allowed to have writers, so they were like, um, I don't know who's next, um, but they're going up. <laughs> they had to improv during everything. It was a shit show. Um, oh, yeah, because the writers are all on striking. strike. Yep. Uh, are music theater writers also on strike? Is music theater about to be shitty for the next, like, three years? No, it doesn't affect us because different guilds. However, there are people that were a part of the WGA that were nominated for awards and the WGA asked them not to attend. And the Tony commission got a special like thing that allowed them to go on as usual. Okay. Um, and that pissed off a lot of people. 
All right, so how to wash a check. All right, listen. This mailbox is filled with checks, which we're going to retrieve and wipe clean. Isn't that check fraud? I mean, what even is check fraud? It's the fraudulent use of checks. Miriam Webster over here. Okay, let's review how to wash a check. Tie the fish line. Open the mailbox. Drop the glue trap. Get a bite. Pull the line up. Take the check out. Make a copy. Do it right. Or nobody gets what they want. Nobody gets what they want. Sing it. Nobody gets what they want. In harmony. Nobody gets what they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comedy number. Big funny comedy. Like, you you like a heist? You like a con man? I mean, at least it's the act two opener. Yeah. Which I, you, you can almost forgive it. You can be like, okay, well, fine. <laughs> Did you learn how to wash a check, though? Honestly, it wasn't as instructive as I was hoping. <laughs> I learned a lot more about how to get a glue trap stuck to my head. Yeah. <laughs> or how to get your hand stuck in a mailbox. Just like Charlie Brown. I, I do love that the, um, that the conclusion to the um, stealing all these checks and stealing the mailboxes and all of that. The conclusion to that is Kimberly just takes all the money for herself yeah. and doesn't give uh, Deborah any cut at all. Yeah, or anyone the, else a cut. No, no, no. For that the, matter. the kids got their cut because they got their costumes for show choir. Oh, right, right. That's what they were doing it for, the costume. So she gives everyone but Deborah a cut. Yes. Kimberly's a decent person. She still stole all that money. <laughs> yeah, it's not her money, but who is she going to die? What are you going to sue her corpse? That's true. Good shit. Congratulations, Kimberly. You did it. Uh, finally, a character I can get behind. I think stealing is good. I think robbing a bank is a victimless crime. I think robbing a bank is a victimless crime, but I think... Taking money from people's personal bank accounts is not kind of funny. Crime. <laughs> Though, likely they can get that money back. I mean, it's they're usually insured, and if they can prove that it wasn't them, I mean, victimless crime. Moving on to before I go, I'm still here. I was never the girl you intended. Young and she was bold. She'd hold your hand when you got old. Let's admit the dream has ended, and what you wished for wasn't me, it was the ghost of a girl I'll never be. Which is okay. Kimberly's eleven o'clock number banger? I mean, come on. We've—I've already said this a yeah. little bit. This song, this song bangs, fucking good as hell. The whole ending, like everything from when she goes to the hospital, I think is pretty, pretty freaking solid. You know, I agree. But like, I didn't talk much about the lyrics, um, except for maybe like the the specifics. Here's where they really sing to me. Um, it it breaks down like who Kimberly is and every failure that she feels that she has, which is, I was never the girl you intended. She was young and she was bold. 
She'd hold your hand when you got old. Let's admit the dream has ended and what you wished for wasn't me. It's a was the ghost of the girl I'll never be. That's so fucked up. So true. Yeah. It's really sad. This whole this whole thing was really sad. But somehow they still managed to spin it and have it end with like an optimistic, almost a happy mm-hmm. ending. Which is is wild and I actually appreciate that. Because mm-hmm. some shows like i feel like it's easy to just be a really depressing and just a downer it's difficult to be really sad but still sweet at the end you know that's that's difficult it's weird to have because it's not a, a really resolute ending um you don't feel resolved but she says like thank you for the treehouse i'm gonna bungee but instead i'm gonna bungee tra- jump i'm gonna jet ski i'm gonna hang glide and clog dance and swim at the bottom of the waterfall in new zealand i'll see the world smiley face it's a promise that I know I don't have time, but the last bits I'm actually going to live because she's had to live in this shitty house with these shitty people for all of her very short life. Yeah. And it's such a bummer. So she's finally, despite not having much time left, going to do what she can with the time. Yeah. It's uh, it's the good ending. <laughs> I, now. And they almost tease the bad ending because when she goes to the hospital, there's a, there's a, I think a part of everybody in the audience who is like, Oh, this uh, is how the show is going to end, huh? <laughs> we're getting like the sad dead ending. Well, it's I mean, it's a really easy ending to do, right? Like just everyone comes to the hospital and oh my goodness, it's so sad. And then she sings I wish her I big... had more time. Yeah. And then she dies and everyone goes, oh my goodness, she changed all of us for the better somehow. And then they're uh, like, then... I will use my time to be better, my time yeah. to love harder, <laughs> like that kind of bullshit. And it's just bullshit. like, and that's just like, like, that's the easy ending, right? The hard ending is, is uh, something else. <laughs> this is so much better than that ending. The ending we made up and they never had. <laughs> of course. No, but like, you can see that though. Oh, like, I could. It, it's like, there's a lot of shows that would have just done that. Yeah, what a, what a, what a surprisingly good show. Um, for is that something... the ending to Rent? <laughs> well yeah but then rent also goes bittersweet by like oh she comes back to life yeah but that part's that part's fictional <laughs> <laughs> that's a jacob's ladder ending <laughs> i die without you okay janine sasori tier list um i'm gonna give you where do you think kimberly akimbo is gonna fall first um i know we've had some criticisms but i think i don't know the competition but I'm going to go with A. You want to start with other ones first? Let's just throw it in A and we'll we'll move All things right. around if, if there's something else. All right. Now we're going to go to Violet. Do you remember that show we talked about with Pearl Ryan? God, I barely remember this show. <laughs> I remember saying something about like the facial scar wasn't like what I thought it would be. You like the sad dad element of that show. I did. God, it's so... I remember so little, though, I can't possibly put it in A. We'll put it in B, because I feel like I kind of liked it when we watched it. That's fair. But, I don't know, maybe it goes lower. We'll see what the other others are. Next, we have Thoroughly Modern Millie. <laughs> I don't think you forgot this one. Yeah, but that's for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> White I, slavers. Uh, I, I don't think I feel comfortable not putting this in d tier yeah just because like does it even deserve it though like there are good s- songs and things in it i'd say d tier if this were my list sincerely yeah the the racism thing is a little bit hard to ignore mm-hmm. okay sorry the, i think the music in that is not that bad though <laughs> next up we have caroline or change 
Do you remember that one? Yes, I remember not thinking it was that good. Damn. I remember I remember being kind of bored by it. All right, where are you putting it? Uh, Got to be above Millie. Yeah, I, I got to put it were, in C. If this were my list, I'd flop. I'd put Caroline in B and Violet in C, but... I I could see that even, but both of these are both... They're both like, I don't remember them, and I remember feeling like I liked Violet more, but I might even be wrong about that. Um, then we have Shrek the Musical. The meme part of me says A immediately, obviously, but, uh, that might be a B? Nah, we're putting an A. It's, it's an A. I think it's below Kimberly Akimbo, though. I think I actually like Kimberly Akimbo more. All right. Fun Home. B. Really? Below yeah. Violet? <laughs> uh, not below. They're, they're, we're, we'll keep them the same. Why? Okay. Below Shrek and Kimberly Akimbo? Dude, I did not have that much fun with Fun Home. I'm going to be real. <laughs> Shrek and Kimberly Akimbo, I was like, dang, these are pretty good. Fun Home, I was like, this is like good, but like, I don't know. <laughs> you're crazy, man. You're, you're crazy and you're wrong. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. It's B tier. <laughs> okay, so Andrew's official Janine Tesori ranking is Kimberly Akimbo, Shrek the Musical, Violet, Fun Home, Carolina Change, and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Look, you wanted to, you want Fun Home up above everything else, don't you? You want like there to be an S tier and it's in there? Fuck you. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Fun Home is mid. Okay, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> Eventually, we will have to talk about Tesori's other work, including her songs for The Emperor's New Groove 2, Kronk's New Groove, Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning, Mulan 2, and, you know, just all those babies. Dang, she was good. She was pumping out some stuff for those Disney sequels, huh? Yeah, and the, but they've never asked her to do a proper movie yet. <laughs> they That's go to Lynn manuel Miranda for that. She probably did a pretty decent job for those, too. I, I mean, the, a lot of the songs in those sequels aren't that bad. No. Um, I, I am confused as to why they don't use her either. She has a very similar sound to, like, Alan Menken. And she did Shrek the Musical, like... Come on. Maybe right that's there. why. Maybe that's why. Oh, because of Lord Farquaad. Yeah, Lord Farquaad was not gonna not gonna have that. Oh, What's well. your overall thoughts on Kimberly Kimbo and your cheese rating? I actually really enjoyed it. There's certain elements that I feel like the show could go without and maybe or maybe they could just be more better tied into the rest of the story in some way, but really any complaint I have is more of a minor thing and I think the overall complete package is something i really enjoyed um especially the ending good lord uh i cry ever tim okay i'm telling you uh cheese rating it's got to be some sort of aged cheese you know because of the right the implications i'm just gonna give it aged cheddar it's the first thing that comes to my mind i mean that's fair enough um aged cheddar i mean i i enjoy the pun i like kimberly akimbo but i'm not gonna lie I, i'm still like a little a little iffy on it. I do like that Kimberly Akimbo sees the world in all its wonders. Yeah, she sees the world in all of its wonders. She sees things differently. I like the way you think. Um, but I am giving this... Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put it in anagram. Um, Juliet, you have to... Um, you have to figure out what it is. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, announce Defoe Fetish. And Defoe is spelled D-E-F-O-E. Announce Defoe fetish. That is my cheese rating. I'm not going to try to figure it out. This is up to someone else. Juliet, it's up to you. What is my cheese rating? <laughs> Earn your rank as our cheese ranker. 
Taper the cheese. What is my cheese rating? <laughs> it does have the word cheese in there, if that helps. <laughs> I did give you at least one word. So, um, all right, Andrew, that was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, else has a lot of fun. Uh, the basketball-sized hail outside. Yes, destroying my car, but also our wonderful patrons. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Musicals to Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals, Patreon Musicals to Cheese, Instagram Musicals to Cheese, YouTube page Musicals to Cheese. Our Patreon only podcast is called Patreon of Cheese. Come check us over there on Patreon. Email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com to tell us how wrong Andrew is about putting Fun Home so low on their tier list. Our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio and. Here's a little ASMR for you, Anagram. Enjoy that. Um, this show is edited by R- Andrew DeWolf, and he does a fantastic job. Um, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for, you know, having critiques about Kimberly Akimbo, the Lord Savior of Broadway. All right, is there anything else you have left to say, Andrew? Um, I have seen the world in all Trail its, its wonders. wonders. <laughs> From the Dardanelles to the mountains of Peru. But there's no place, place like, like Jersey. Six Flags. <laughs> no, there's no place like Jersey. <laughs> you are young. Life has been kind to you. I'm Kimberly Akimbo. <laughs> I'm 16 and old. I'm 16 <laughs> years old, but I'm also very old. <laughs> I'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. I like the way you see the world. I like your point of view. A little sly, a little strange, a little bit. Askew. I like the way you look at life and think outside the box. A little odd, a little off, a bit unorthodox. I like your point of view. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.